Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kind of Libertarian. I'm Jeff Siegel with the one and only Mike Mad Money Turpin. I got to stop saying Mad Money. I don't even know why I keep saying that. It's cool. Maybe I just think you're going to be like super rich one day. You're going to be like a famous mixed martial artist and you're going to be, you know, doing like pay-per-views and making that cash. And I'll be like, I knew him when I called him Mad Money. <laughs> it wasn't Mad Money yet, but now he's Mad Money. Uh, yesterday was the first time I ever got introduced at an event as the psychedelic athlete. Oh shit. How was that? It was cool, dude. I, I lost, I have, I have not been feeling these super fights lately. The one you came to the one yesterday, it was just two giants and I have been transitioning into like a lighter person's game and getting down into like the, the sub two thirty. So yesterday I, I get there, I'm 234, my opponent's 317 and he wrestled Ooh, in college. You know, it's like college wrestler 330 or whatever he was, he was over 300. I don't know, in the three teens somewhere. And it's just like, he wasn't as good as the guy you saw me go against. The guy that you saw me go against, that guy would beat me nine out of 10 times. No problem, I bet. Almost the same way. That guy was really good. This guy had a much sloppier game, and I, I could get into a lot of positions. I just couldn't move him. Because he's so Do big. Yeah, he just – if he doesn't want to move, he can just – I call it gargoyle. When, when you can – you move when you want to move, and when you want to turn to stone, you're stone. There, nobody's going to move you. You're a statue. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have all that. And I've just been banged up. My, I remember I talked about my back being a little tweaky the one time deadlifting to you before we started recording. I've just, you know, not in a bad way, but it, I'm due a few weeks, maybe a month of just taking it a little easy, learning some stuff. I've been on a yogic journey lately, so okay. my body's changing rapidly, and I think my game is just catching up. So I think I'm turning a new leaf, but it's not the best time for me to be at my A game. So... Especially, and then going against a guy who's over 300 pounds. So yeah. he's got what, almost 100 pounds on you? Yeah, and, and it's tough because just like the last guy, this is a guy who's very – he's large, but he's not like um, brute force. So this guy's a little bit stronger, hmm. but um, he's very relaxed and methodical and, and takes his time. So you're not – it's going to be hard just to let him tire out or to be the quicker person because – and he was very mindful. He's a really good, uh, like, metal drummer. And oh, he's really into drumming. And that right there, if you can drum, you can juggle battles. And you have an interesting timing. And you, drumming is a hack and a half when it comes to a sport like jiu-jitsu. Because you're juggling so many things at once in jiu-jitsu. So you can follow more battles. Think about like if you're, if you're trying to control somebody's head, you're trying to pin them down with your knee, you're trying to read what they're doing, and then you're also trying to whatever, do something with your other knee, get under their armpit. He, people are able to juggle. If you're a drummer, musicians in general, but especially drummers, have an odd ability to multitask in jiu-jitsu. Right. Well, you, you know... know so someone told me, referred to jujitsu one time, they're saying to me, it's like, it's basically like uh, combat chess, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. He's just like, yeah, you have to be tough to do it. But he's like, but you have to be fucking smart. You have to like, everything is a strategy. And I'm just saying, telling you what I'm sure you know, this is what, what he told me. It's like, everything's a strategy. It's like, I'm thinking three moves ahead because if I don't, I'm going to lose. Yeah, if it wasn't such a strategical sport, 
an athlete would be good at it almost immediately, even elite level. It, this is how crazy it is. You can take a college wrestler, like there's this guy, Nicky Rodriguez. After three and a half years of doing jiu-jitsu aggressively, he was competing towards the top of the world. But he was already a high-level college wrestler, and he's training alongside the best grapplers in the world under the best coach, and people were still shocked that he was elite in three and a half years. Now, this is a freak athlete. He's 250 and absolutely shredded. Like, he's the perfect everything, and it still took him three and a half years to be able to compete at a super high level. There are some sports out there that an athlete can just play. You can plug them into a position, and they're going to figure out that position in a year's time. And it's a year-round sport, jiu-jitsu is. Like football, people take six months off from really practicing it and learning it. That's three and a half years of being hardcore dedicated, and you've wrestled your entire life. Very similar sport. So it's, it's so strategical that nobody can pick it up in a few years. I wish that the U.S. government treated <laughs> all, our, all our missions like seasoned jiu-jitsu experts. Because holy fuck, Afghanistan, dude. I mean, I'm so bummed out right now. I'm so, I'm so bummed out because we knew this was going to fucking happen. You know, 20 years ago, we went into Afghanistan to root out the terrorists, you know, and I guess some people were saying we're there to protect democracy, which is always a fucking red flag. Anytime you hear somebody say some shit like that. And here we are today where the Taliban has basically taken over the entire country, like days after we were moving uh, our, our troops out and um, our embassy. And there was never, all right, I got to back up because I'm really, I'm so frustrated about this. Um, and this is one of the things that I would say that, that really has drawn me towards libertarianism is the idea that we don't support nation building. We don't support like interfering in other countries. You know, you just don't do that because it's never going to end well. And history has showed us time and time again, this does not work. So let's look at 2001 is when we went into Afghanistan. Never had an exit strategy planned out ever. And 20 years later, still no exit strategy. It's just up and leave. And Biden was saying, well, I don't think it's going it, to, they're not going to, Taliban's not going to come in. It's not going to be like Vietnam. And how many days later after we left, what's happening? I mean, the president, I guess it's the president of Afghanistan or the prime minister. I think it's the president. Whoever runs the country, he's gone. He fucking split. He literally resigned and he said, I'm out. He left the country. <laughs> Fear for his life? What is it? I have no idea why well, he's probably fucked because basically, basically what's happened is the Taliban is taking over. They're going to, Taliban is going to run the country of Afghanistan. Now we spent, was it 20 years, $2 trillion we've spent to, for what? To, to do what? I mean, to, to spread peace and democracy. Now I get the angle of, yes, we were able to keep a lid and, and, you know, root out some of these <clears throat> terrorists that were there. Um, and in all fairness, you know, from what I understand, we've had 2,500 troops there for a while. And I don't, I don't think there's been any casualties since, um, at least reported casualties, casualties since uh, last February. 
Um, so there's definitely like the people of Afghanistan have definitely, I would, I, I'm guessing have benefited from us being there because obviously they haven't been taken over by the Taliban, but you can't just come into a place and be like, all right, well, I'm done. I'm out. Like we fucked up. We never should have been there to begin with. And then we come in and we're like monitoring everything. I think it was like, Taliban or someone Al Qaeda said, uh, said, uh, the U S has the watches, but we have all the time. And it's just like, they're going to fucking wait it out. And that's exactly what they did. So, and if you look back to like over the course of 20 years, so it's like, I think more than 200,000 Afghan civilians have been killed. Uh, 2,400 U.S. soldiers, I believe, is, is the number. But not just as a libertarian, but just as like a, a person that like, I believe I'm somewhat, somewhat of a humanitarian. I understand the desire to want to help people. I do. I get it. Particularly in places where you have these religious zealots coming in that have no, have no uh, care for human life whatsoever. They don't. They don't care. Um, but you go in and you say, okay, everything's cool. And we train the military, we train the Afghani military, who's been doing, I think, the brunt of the work for the past you know, couple of years. And then as soon as we leave, the Taliban comes in and the people that we train, they're like, nah, we're out. We're out. Because they had no support, support no, no, uh, you know, no one to help them. You know, they weren't ready. I'm not saying we should be there and continue to like monitor that place. I don't know, dude, I don't even know what the fucking solution is, but I know what the, the cause is, is us. And I say us, I mean the U.S. government going in and saying, we're going we're gonna to fix everything. And this is not, and this is what pisses me off too, man. Like, of course, the second this happens, it becomes partisan. You know, it's like, this happened, this started under, under Republican. It continued under a Democrat. It continued under a Republican. And it, it continued under uh, a Democrat until recently where he said, we're getting out. Now, it's politically good to say we're getting out. That's what Trump did. And I, even when, and I fucking hate Trump. And when he said that, I'm like, that's great, you know? I hope, and I kept saying too, I really hope they have a good plan on getting out of there. Um, and you know, even from what I understand, the, the intelligence came in. The intelligence was saying, look, if you fuck it up and leave, this is what's going to happen. What's happening right now? They said, our intelligence said, this is what's going to happen. And we up and left. Dude, something shady, man. Like, it doesn't make sense. And when you have, I'm looking on Twitter today, and you got the Trump people saying, this is what happens with Biden and Trump would never put up with this. I'm like, Trump was the one that ordered us to leave in the beginning and had no plan then either, you know? And then the Biden people going, well, Trump did this, and like, like I just said, and he had no plan, but I'm like, Biden's a fucking president. He had access to the intelligence. Why didn't he act on that intelligence? Why did he say we're just gonna leave when the intelligence said, if you leave, bad shit's gonna happen? Cause it was, I mean, I think he probably figured it wouldn't be that bad, maybe, and then he, it would be a good political move. I don't fucking know. But, you know, the worst thing about this is, like, I can sit here and complain about the, the politics of it, and I can read Twitter, and I can watch, of course, our divided nation and people just being the biggest fucking assholes. And all I keep thinking about is what's going to happen to all the women in this country who are basically going to be enslaved now. They're going to be sexually abused. Because that's what the Taliban does. They fucking shove them in, in, in fucking rooms, don't educate them, rape them, make them baby machines, you know, train the kids to be soldiers. It's like, 
it's so fucking sad. And that's why I'm really bummed out because there's, I don't know what the solution is, but I'm just so sad that after 20 years, no one could have said, we need to put together a solid exit strategy. 20 fucking years. We had 20 years to do this. And this is what's happening. And dude, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I know it's going to get worse. It's going to be, because they said, I think the Taliban had a meeting with Trump a while back and they said, you know, we're not going to just storm everything. We're just going to, we're going to try to work with the government. (laughs) You really, when do you believe rapist? You know, like if you're a rapist, you know, if if you rape someone and that rapist says, I'm not going to rape anymore. Really? You're going to believe that person? It's like, come on, man. It's again, it's, it's also fucking shady. And I don't mean to to go on and on and on about this, but I don't know, man, I'm sad. I I heard this woman on, um, on NPR the other day who was from Afghanistan and she was working for a human rights organization there. And she was talking to the reporter at NPR and she was telling her about what was going on. And she, before she got off the phone, she said, uh, if you don't hear from me again, this, 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 and this. She had to end it with, if you don't hear from me again, she's pretty much resigned to the fact that she's probably going to die. That's where we are. I wish, and this is one of the times that I wish people would stop and think about when you vote Republican or Democrat, rarely do we see a Republican or Democrat stand up and say, we should not be doing this. You know, I think Justin Amash maybe Ron Paul, like two libertarians or libertarian leaning people have stood up in the past and said, this is a horrible idea. And no one listens. Yeah. Ron, Ron Paul comes to mind to me big time. He was talking about it hardcore, you know, up until I guess from like 2000, I mean, probably when it initially happened, but especially was 2012 the year he was trying to get president pretty hardcore or that's when he was at his, presidential um i don't peak as far it doesn't matter but you know and that that's that's nine years ago he said a lot of this kind of stuff would happen i think the are you there there we go. Yeah, you cut. Cool. Off. I can I can cut that out of our. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who that was or what. It might have been me or whatever, but we both kind of cut out for a second. Um, I'm not sure what you heard, but I can uh, snip that out. That what what I was going to say um, was I th- I think the hardest thing about an exit strategy and a good good plan is I mean what is the solution to an incorrect strategy with no good outcome like we didn't have a good idea or or a really not i mean you did bring up a good point that yeah maybe there's been less casualties we have had some benefit of being there maybe they were just beefing up and waiting for us to leave like just maybe that was part of their plan what is what is the exit strategy i mean to go back in time and get out sooner right and 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 stop facilitating or perpetuating this thing, you know, there there was not much good to come from this. And most people knew it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. People who were not insanely politically affiliated, but it had to make even, even 
liberals wonder like, wait, why is this still going on from 2008 till 2016? Dude, the, the fucking liberals are like, when Obama was president, not a fucking peep. None. Nothing. That's our Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah, no, no problem at all. But you know, and then Trump gets off, gets in office, and I mean, I don't know how much they talked about it then either. But you know, te- you know, liberals, you know, the idea I think anyway is liberals are supposed to be kind of like the people that are would would want to fight against war. They don't want war, and they want to do everything to not have any kind of war. And you always see the bumper stickers. You know, it's like when the U S military needs to have a bake sale and the schools get all the money they need and all that kind of bullshit. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. You know, it's like, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's so, it's so absurd. Um, but it really, again, it's just like, it, once again, we are in, I think, I believe we're in this situation because we continue to rely on a two party system that lies to us consistently and does not, really think about or does not make decisions based on that which is in the best interest of this country and also just basic human rights all the shit that we do this is not the first time we've done this you know we've done this many times before uh at what point do we learn at what point do we say you know the next time this happens is, this, is it going to be the same thing? Is everyone just going to blindly? Because listen, you know something bad's going to happen again. It could yeah. be another terrorist attack in this country, you know? And then what are they going to do? Oh, it's Biden's fault because he let it happen. What? No, it's everybody's fault because we won't get the fuck out of other people's business, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I'll tell you this. I think back in 2008, the Democratic platform the, the, the platform for the Democrats was, was very much based around war because of eight years of George Bush, especially the, the, the prior, you know, five, six, how many ever years it was since 2001, it was such a quote unquote warmongering time for American politics. There was a little bit of that in the Clinton administration, missile strikes, whatnot. And, um, you know, I was very, very, very behind this. This is when I considered myself more Democrat than Republican. And it was all because of my view on war, which coincidentally is a, actually the only one true to that is the libertarian perspective as far as being very, very, very uh, cautious of, of war and, and weakening your own self to not even solve problems somewhere else. It's just, it's a really crazy thing that you're doing. It's like, it's like, you know, burning the candle at both ends in a way. You use your money, you use your people, you use all sorts of stuff. And then to top it off, we might even be fueling their situation. We might not even be solving this problem somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, not that we need to be the best superpower, but that you definitely want to be careful of, of who, how the tides turn in the world. So, I mean, but, but after eight years of Obama, I think by the time Biden came around, I don't remember the platform being that anti-war because was, was our four years of Trump that much more warmongering than, than the Obama administration? I'm not really sure if it was at all. There was probably a more saber rattling. You know, when Obama first came into office, he, he definitely said, 
we need to get out of Afghanistan. We need to stop going to these places. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen for whatever reason. So, and I think that, I think there probably would have been more war under Trump if his generals weren't like, dude, get your fucking finger off that button. Because Trump's yeah. fucking nuts, man. He'd be like, I just want to fucking nuke everybody. You know, I don't give a fuck. That's, I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know that's how that motherfucker thinks. So, 100%. 100%. Yeah, he's not confident at all. So thank God that, that we didn't get into more wars. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm very thankful for the, pe- the smart people around him that, that kept that from happening. Because um, that guy left to his own devices. Jesus Christ. God knows what would have been happening, you know? Yeah, I think he, that's exactly the type of person he is. He's the pull the trigger on the, the weapons of mass destruction type guy. He probably fiscally is a bit more aware of the amount of funds that, that go, into the, go into war than, than maybe some would assume. Like he probably, not that I think he's insanely fiscally responsible, but, but he probably would consider that and he would be the knee jerk, just nuke him overnight when nobody knows sort of guy. Yeah. He'd be that guy. Well, yeah, 100 percent Oh. And now he's in office. It's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I honestly thought that we I knew we were gonna get out. But I don't I don't even know why I thought this, but I thought that the Biden administration was gonna come up with a plan, like a good plan to get us out of there in a safe way that didn't fuck over the people of Afghanistan. Because that's what's really sad. It's like, you know, we I'm not saying we're the cause of this because that's been tribalism for thousands of years in Afghanistan. I mean, which is a blip. 20 years is a blip, you know, that we were able to go into one place and kind of keep things chill for a bit. Um, but that's not going to fix anything. And, you know, meanwhile, I should, I should mention, too, that the Taliban has already met with um, Russia. And Russia struck a deal that basically said, don't fuck with our embassy there, okay? We good, we good. And then they're not fucking with their embassy. Meanwhile... U.S. embassy is going to get fucking demolished. That's why they're mm. trying to get all those people out of there now. The embassy people, all the translators. Dude, those Afghani people that helped us, if they don't get out of there, they are not only going to get killed, they're going to get fucking tortured. And it's our fucking fault if that happens. Make no mistake about that. That's our fault. Does the United Nations really do much at all when it comes to this sort of thing, policing injustices of the world like that? I think, I think the intention when it started may have been honorable, but they just don't have the teeth. And I don't know if they should have the teeth. You know, I, under, I, do, right. I do understand the idea. I understand the concept of, look, the, you know, you want someone to kind of look out and, and kind of make sure horrible things are happening. And just from a, from a standpoint of, um, of monitoring things, I get it. If the UN wants to monitor things just so we can get data, I totally understand that. But in terms of like a force, it's like Dave Chappelle used to say with uh, – Back to when he did the um, the Black Bush, I don't know if you ever saw that that uh, skit that he did where he's talking mm. about the oil, and he's like, he's like, oh, uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Sanction me? Oh, good, sanction me. W- with what? With what army are you gonna sanction me? <laughs> he's like, I think you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh. it's true, man. It's like the UN, I think, can serve a very valuable purpose in in providing a a platform for communication. It can provide. Um, data analysis and data gathering but the you know the idea that the un's going to come in and, and protect i mean i'm sure there are instances where that's happened but for the most part i don't really see that happening um and the sad thing is i really i really see this as a situation where the taliban is going to take over a lot of people are going to die brutally 
um, and it's going to remain that way. More terrorists, because it's going to become a, a nice haven for terrorists again. Um, and we're probably going to be back to where we were prior to 9-11, you know, the same situation. Oh, but yeah. by the way, we spent $2 trillion over the course of this 20 years to be right back where we started from. I am not a strategic mm. military guy. I, I've not worked in international relations. But I understand common sense, I think. You know, I yeah. think like common sense dictates that you just don't go into a place, spend $200 trillion or $2 trillion and to like set up a base and then just split. Like that's why it seems sketchy to me. Like it just seems like there are people there that know what's going on and I don't know if it's a situation where like, you know, I hate to use this term, the military industrial complex was like, they got paid, you know, and hey, maybe we leave and make it bad again. And then we have to come back in. I mean, I, from what I understand, we had 2,500 troops there. I don't know how many we're sending back in now. I think it's like a thousand now to get people out. Um, it just seems like such a clusterfuck. And you know what? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a part of a bigger plan. You know, I, I would not discount that. But um, God, it's just fucking sad, man. All these, all these people out there just getting fucked, you know? And it's also like when you look at the tribalism of Af Afghanistan that's been going on for years, I don't, that's just, you know, come, it, like it's a cultural difference that's so drastic. Like how can we possibly look at that from, from the way we live our lives and look at that and be like, oh, we can fix this. How the fuck are you going to fix that? It's not even, is it even something that should be fixed? I mean, people live different ways, I guess, yeah. you know? And if you are that concerned, I know there's definitely people that, um, you know, are very concerned from the religious standpoint. They say, well, you know, they're killing off the few Christians that are there. Well, then fucking go. Then fucking get on mm -hmm. a plane, go and help them out. You know, stop. Why does the military have, why do we, why do we have to foot the bill to go, to go do that? If you come to me and you say, I'm going to go help all these people find a place to live and you can prove to me that you're going to do it legitimately, I will more than happy donate some money. Yeah. You know? But awful lot of people want to talk shit all the time. You know, it's like, we should do this. We should do that in terms of like bombing things or stopping these terrorists and stuff. It's like, nobody's stopping you. You can get on a plane and do it. I mean, there's, a, there's people from this country that went to join the Taliban. They made it over there. Surely you can make it over there if you think you can stop them. Yeah. My, my two big things that I think in my head, number one, unfortunately, $2 trillion is only part of it because how many lives have been lost over this? How many people thinking they're, they're, they're putting their life on the risk and, and losing that battle in hopes to make for a better world. How many people mm -hmm. just uselessly, essentially, or I don't want to say completely useless, but, but it definitely is probably not scaled to make it too, um, you know, too reasonable of a thing to do, let this many people die. And then to top it off, how many people do you know and come, come in contact with who have, on top of that, PTSD and issues? And we only we count the numbers of people who, who died, but I, I mean, I interacted with several people just this morning who have severe PTSD. One of them has a piece of metal in the back of his eye mm -hmm. from, you know, getting blasted. Uh, my one buddy uh, was forced to shoot and kill at you know, women and children that they sent in first. And like, these are things that people live through and these, are, these aren't even the, the people who died. So, so at what cost? 
And then my other question is, is the reason we are so sensitive to this is because of our involvement. My other question would be how, or my, my question would be the other thought would be how many, um, uh, I'm sorry, how many countries, how many areas are similar enough to, to Afghanistan to where it's all kind of like the same kind of thing going on, you know, it, the warfare might not be as as modern and is as high risk in parts of Africa or other parts of the Middle East. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in Iraq and Iran. I don't even know if it sounds racist to throw them in the same category <laughs> or Saudi Arabia. I really don't know right. what it's like. You get the Palestine and this conflict. You get uh, even in India. I know people who've you know moved from India and they talk about the. The, the Muslim and the um, Hindu sort of stuff they got going over there. How many places on the globe are maybe even half or more, 50% or greater to the degree of women and children? I mean, you got North Korea. How many places are out there like that? Six countries, five countries, oh. 10 countries? What is it? Oh, man, it's got to be a lot. And, and to some degree, I mean, we have we have elements of that here in this country too, not to such a degree as you see in, in some of those places, but it exists. I mean, yeah, it's, um, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but you know, kind of going back to this idea that they try to pull a fast one on us saying, well, we're going to go cause we want to help these people, uh, you know, especially when it's like the whole, like, you know, the, we're going to protect the women and children. It's like, no, you don't. Because it, because if you did, and I'm not encouraging this, but like, this shit happens in Saudi Arabia all the time. We fucking sell them fucking weapons. Mm -hmm. We go to Afghanistan. Now nah, it's different. Why is it different? I mean, you know, it, 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 but here's an interesting thought. If you think about all these places in the Middle East where there's all this, all this fighting and stuff, and why we are always so involved there, why, what's the one thing that the Middle East has? that is of value to us so valuable that we have to be over there all the time i mean if you talk to people like alex jones they'll say heroin you know i don't know i mean oil. i'm not that person oil oil in iraq and then there are people who bring up an interesting case for the heroin thing i don't want to go down the conspiracy route because it's not what i'm interested in but but yeah there's people who say that and then weird weapons deals i i don't know what the motivation well, is I think that the, I would argue that I don't, I would argue that it's oil because it's not because there's law because they, there's still large supplies of oil in the middle East versus here. I mean, we, we are, we produce more oil in this country now than, than OPEC does or OPEC countries. Um, but oil is traded in dollars in American dollars. If that were to change, that fucks up our whole fucking hustle. And when, there was a, a theory that when we invaded Iraq, it was basically because Saddam Hussein said, we are no longer going to trade oil in U.S. dollars. Well, that's, that doesn't work well for our economy. You know, now I'm not going to, I don't I'm not, I'm not schooled enough in this theory. Um, and I would encourage anyone to read about it. I thought it was pretty fascinating. I wouldn't dismiss it, but wh where does the money come to empower these terrorist organizations, yeah, heroin, uh, human trafficking, but it started in oil. I mean, that's really where it started. 
Um, And I, and it's kind of an ironic thing when you see typically Republicans who are, who are tend to be, you know, very reactionary. So when, when when something happens, we got to go to war, we got to go drop bombs. Um, These are the people that are like, ah, fucking electric cars are bullshit. Why do you want to keep using oil when it has caused us so much trouble? You know, why would you support something like that? I get that it's part of the shtick. I mean, if you're a a conservative Republican, that's, that's what the role you have to play, you know? And I'm not saying it's all because of oil, but to deny that oil has a huge role to play would be, would be foolish. Um, that's, I guess it doesn't really matter at this point because we fucked up that region so bad. Um, well, of course, it was already kind of fucked up anyway, I guess, from my perspective. Um, but that's a cultural thing, too. I don't know, man. Do you think that we'll ever learn? Do you think that, do you think there's going to, do you think we're going to go back in? Do you think we're going to continue to do this? Um, so if I had to guess, I would say our immediate plan would not be to go back in to Afghanistan. I would imagine that, unless I'm wrong, I would imagine that we won't reverse what we just did. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that something won't come of it. That doesn't mean that some sort of war won't come of it. It doesn't mean that some other country won't get involved. I have no idea as far as that. Um, I could see potential conflict somewhere else some other sort of thing, like something we don't really know about. I am always personally afraid of weapons of mass destruction, right? If you have them and they exist, what are the chances they're never going to be used? It's like the, it's like the gun thing. It's like more people are likely to, (laughs) to shoot or be shot, et cetera, when you have a gun. Weapons of mass destruction absolutely scare me. I don't know about how threatening the Taliban literally is with with those sorts of weapons. I do know that there are countries out there that could literally just nuke everybody. And thank God we depend on others. And to be honest, this is so sick. I have had thoughts that maybe the only thing keeping these people from nuking us or killing destroying all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. is our bizarre links to their exports of it might not be the america but 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 it mm-hmm. child trafficking and and drugs and these other things that might be our saving grace it sounds so sick to think that is That's what's protecting us yeah that is an interesting observation because What's more important, you know, money or, or your ideals? And I know there's some crazy motherfuckers out there, mostly because of religion, that would say they're ideals. But I, th- I suspect that they don't outnumber those who are just like, nah, I'm trying to get paid. You know? Yeah, there is a there is a large number of and, and just this is not I don't, I don't want to throw this on Afghanistan specifically or the United States insanely, but. There, there is some sort of illegal child trafficking oh, yeah. that goes on in the States, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if it's not the American government, somewhere there are, there, there's some sort of secret thing that goes on between government and seemingly good politically minded people that are also involved or aware of or somehow benefiting from the idea of child 
trafficking, import, importing. And we see enough people get busted who do this. It's not just the Epstein type stuff. There's a lot of bizarre things that go on in, in circles and we can only fathom and guess. And, uh, and everything we guess sounds crazy and it's probably wrong, but there's something right about those guesses. There's something right about those things. I don't think we can put our finger on it and I don't think we know, but there's something there. So, um, man, like, like what, what I, I, I kind of lost my train as far as thought, as far as where I was going specifically with that. But, but, um, the, the, man, it's sick. It's sick to think about. It's hard for me to think about like child trafficking and it's, it's very touchy to think about kids getting enslaved by seemingly good people. So to think that our government, you hear it, but to actually process the idea that maybe the American government is involved in basically feeding stateside pedophiles, powerful pedophiles is just so heavy. It makes me, I can't, it stops me in my thought, like train of thought. Like that is crazy for me. Right. I don't find that out of the realm of possibility Ugh. at all. Um, and that's just not, that's not the U S it's any, any place in the world. I mean, this is, this is not a new thing. This has existed forever. Um, it's just now that I think because of the internet and, and media, we have access to, you know, we can see it, we know about it more. So we have to kind of figure out, you know, I think with the dawn of the internet, now we have like a heavier burden on us of information intake. We know shit that 20 years ago, we didn't know. We know shit that it's like, it's almost like that. What was that movie with, um, Tom Cruise and, uh, and, um, Jack Nicholson when he's like, I want the truth. He's like, you can't handle the truth. A few good men. Yeah, dude. I think there's a lot yeah. of truth in that. You know, there's a lot of shit I would say over the last maybe 10 years that I've learned about. Um, I'm like, how the fuck is this happening? And it's like, it's not new. This has been happening yeah. forever. It's just that I know about it now. And for me personally, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm the kind of person that like, if I see a problem, my initial, my reaction is like, I got to fix this. How can I fix this? And there's this big stress that comes with that because when this kind of stuff happens, you're like, there's nothing I can do. There's literally nothing I can do to fix this. And that's a hard, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, when mm -hmm. you're the kind of person that's like, I want to fix this. I want to help people. And you can't, you can't help people. Do you think that, that getting troops out and, and pulling out in that sort of way, it's probably a slim margin that it's literally going to be what we follow up with Afghanistan specifically. But do you think the future of this sort of thing is more like a drone style of warfare? Um, you, you know, you wonder about people doing other forms of warfare instead of sending troops in. And I mean, that, that would just be literally just killing people uh, through whatever means, but it's been a while since you've heard that sort of thing, but people continually beef themselves up for that sort of thing. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't really know much about military strategy. I mean, I'm sure there's gotta be a purpose for having actual troops and, you know, in a certain place. I mean, but again, you're right, man. There's a lot, like, there's so much stuff that we don't know. I mean, you can't tell me that there's not like microscopic drones that could fucking drop all kinds of fucking bio right. warfare shit on us. It can't be that difficult. 
It can't be. Yeah. You know? I mean, shit, you know, it's like, how hard it, would it be for me to just get a, a drone and like put some nasty shit on it and, and send it somewhere? Right. Know? And I'm not, I have no, I don't want to hurt anybody, but there are people that do, you know, and yeah. I, and I, you know, there are, um, you know, thankfully we have, we do have people in the military and their job is to make sure that this shit doesn't happen, you know, and I'm glad those people exist. I think that's where one of the, one of the places I do, um, I do uh, have a weird place in the libertarian party because, you know, libertarians, we're, we're very much like, we don't want people spying on us, on us. And I agree with that hundred um, percent. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man, there's definitely some people over here that want to fuck us up. How do you keep that from happening? Well, honestly, I think the way you keep that from happening is stay the fuck out of people's business. Don't right. piss people off. You know, it's like if you piss people off, they're going to strike back. If you think about like maybe some countries, a lot of countries that aren't superpowers, a lot of countries that are just like, you know, Sweden or, you know, Norway or I don't know, uh, some of the smaller European nations. Like nobody really fucks with them because like cause they're not fucking with anybody. And they don't really have any, they're not doing anything. I don't know. If, I mean, it's a very simplistic way to look at it. I get it. Um, but we got our fucking hands and everything. It's like. I don't know. It's like kind of like this real, I remember growing up, like when I was a kid, my parents always, my parents would always be like, if you try to get in other people's business, they would be like, dude, mind your business, stay at other people's business. Right. And I think there's, a, there's some truth to that. I think there's, there's a lesson there. How many problems do we have today? Because we can't minor business why why are we trying why do we keep going in places because we're going to spread democracy we ain't spreading shit yeah death and destruction part of the problem i think too is like it's fortunate for for a country like sweden being small there's so much government divide in that area that they're they don't come off of as big of a threat they're not as big of a threat and they have less means to get involved less expectations to get involved less all of that. I mean, the United States is a juggernaut. I think it's Sweden might be the one I heard this uh, talked about recently because it was like a COVID thing. And who knows if this, I might even be wrong, but I want to say it was the, the area, it's, it's less surface area than New York State and less population than New York City. Mm -hmm. I mean, put that into perspective. And we're referring to it in the same scale as the United States. I mean, the United States, that, that's something you compare maybe to China maybe something you compare to say we're huge. We really, we are, we are large. So that is a factor that it inevitably makes us powerful. It inevitably makes us feel like we need to be so involved. But I always look back. It's like, why not that you want to say like, why does it have to be us? Because we, we like to be that person that, that gets involved. Like, but when, when you say stay out of other people's business, it's like, why do we, we have a lot of turmoil going on in our own country and we have to worry about the future of our own country. And uh, you know, the, the old saying, you can't really help somebody else out if you can't even help yourself. Right. We're, start, we're, head, we're heading in a very fickle direction ourselves, especially with the state of the world going on with all this, you know, COVID stuff, people not working, uh, so many issues. We need to really figure ourselves out before the collapse of I don't know who to trust, whether it's the people who say that you could see the collapse of the American dollar. That, that doesn't necessarily sound likely to me, but 
we've been through similar type stuff or we've seen similar type things happen. What, what, what big things could, could come about? Um, and I always worry in the back of my mind, and it's one of those things that of course you should worry about, but you can never expect, um, or you know there's a possibility of, yeah, somebody just saying, all right, we want to release something that kills something the size of the United States and they just kill them. You know, I don't think that would happen, but what is the, the life expectancy of the way things are going right now? Betting odds. I mean, we're an easy target because of all the division. We, there's mm. no, we can't, think about for a second, if we, were, if we were attacked, like someone like physically came on our soil and attacked us, how would we respond? Because as a community, I don't imagine that we'd be able to join forces to fight a common enemy because we are fighting each other, especially when you, and, and this, and I, I really hate to keep talking about like the whole MAGA movement, but I really do believe the people that follow Trump and are so supportive of him, they, a lot of those people I think are, they're just such easy targets, you know, whether it's because of lack of education, they're easily influenced, they're not very bright or, or they're, they're, you know, they um, have mental illness. I mean, I see a lot of these QAnon people when they talk at meetings and you look at them and you're like, this person has a mental illness. Like my first instinct is like, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fucking die. I hate you. You're making things horrible. And then you see them, you're like, fuck, you have a problem. You need help. Right. You know, what do you do in that situation? I don't know, but I do know that. I mean, right now with, with, with the Delta variant and the masks and you got, the DeSantis and, and, and Abbott in, in Texas, and they're like, we're gonna ban, ma ban school districts from requiring masks. Why? Why would you do that? Other than for political points. Because it's an individual school district should make that own decision whether or not they wanna have a mask mandate or not. But the fact that a governor would do that, all that is is saying, hey, look, next year when I'm running for office, if you're a MAGA, vote for me because I'm trying to keep these people from make, putting those damn masks on your kids. Well, fuck you, man, I got kids. You know, and they can't be vaccinated yet. And they're going to go to a school. And there's a lot of people where I live that are like, fuck, fuck COVID. We think it's a hoax and we're not going to wear masks. And you're going to get my fucking kids sick. And let me tell you something. I'm not a violent person. But if you like physically do something to harm my kids, I will fucking kill you. Like I will yeah. find a way to fucking kill you. You know, it's like, and people, and it's like, it sounds so horrible because I feel like I'm sounding like a crazy person now. But my sister who lives in Arizona, she's like, my son is one of four people wearing a mask at the school because they're not requiring the kids to wear masks. The teachers aren't wearing masks. The bus driver's not wearing masks. Why? Oh, because it's stupid to wear a mask. You're a fucking liberal socialist if you wear a mask. Oh my fucking God, just put a goddamn mask on. It's not, it's not affecting your right to freedom and liberty. It only is a, it's only a problem if the government comes out and says you have to wear a mask no matter where you go. That's an issue. I get it. But if it's a right. public school, and public schools, you have to take all kinds of vaccinations before you can go to public school as it is. This one's a problem, but the other ones weren't. You know, It's only a problem because these people are making it a problem because it's a political issue, and it shouldn't be a political issue. And, I'm so, and this is another thing that's really bumming me out. I'm fucking tired of this. Because as a libertarian, I talk to other libertarians that argue with me, and they're like, those kids should not have to wear a mask. It's like... Well, they'll say, well, it's your decision. You can make them wear a mask. I'm like, yeah, but are you following what's going on with this Delta variant? Do you understand that it is very easily transmittable and it is affecting kids now? 
And if it doesn't affect the kids, they could bring it home to the parents who may have been vaccinated, but it, that vaccination may not keep them from getting it. And maybe you won't die because you've been vaccinated and you're safer, but you're still going to spread it to somebody else. Don't tell me this doesn't exist when you have all the hospital be beds filled up in Texas and in, and in, and in Louisiana been mocking people for wearing masks, encouraging people not to get vaccinations. You know, it's like, dude, this isn't fucking rocket science. And yet we're letting these people dictate what's going on in our schools. Right, right. I mean, I feel like I'm arguing with the crazy people, you know, these crazy tribes in Afghanistan who are like, you know, because we believe in this God, we're going to come in and rape all these women because our God says so. And we're going to kill everybody who doesn't believe in what we believe. They're the same fucking people, man. Just different countries. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm, no I, I'm, 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 I'm for some reason I'm hearing my, oh no, that's better. For a second, I thought I was hearing my voice in your, in the echo. Um, so with, with me, my big thing is I don't understand why people think the mask thing is such a huge deal, right? Because what is the big deal of putting a mask on? So to say that it's, it's illegal or against the rules for a school to want their kids to, to do that makes no sense to me. I get apprehension of mandating a vaccine. I understand, especially a vaccine that obviously has side effects. And now you're saying that this thing is, is you know, changing and people are still getting it. Now you want me to run the risk of COVID and the vaccine risks. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm very in the middle of the vaccine versus non-vaccine thing. I am in no way an anti-vaxxer. I think it's no different than any other vaccine situation. It's just uh, clearly there are some side effects of getting it. Clearly there are side effects of getting COVID. The vaccine helps with the COVID, but it, it has potential risk. But, but the mask thing is crazy to me. My thing, and, and you bring up a really good point about the kids. It's not as risky for kids, but spreading it. So what do you think about when you hear these people or you see these people, they're, they're in big political meetings. There's all sorts of people in the audience. It's clearly not just like made up. Nobody's reputing what these people are saying or, or uh, refuting, I guess the word. Um, and for instance, like I, I watched this clip, somebody says to me, now, I don't know what to make of this, but I see some guy who's spewing off numbers. He's saying in the last year and a half, X amount of kids have gotten COVID and, 0.08% of them died. And then here's the number of the common flu from the year and a half prior and more kids died from the common flu the year and a half prior to that. And nobody recommended masks then blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, geez, like what, what am I supposed to make of this? You're telling me that this thing that we're super worried about and scared of is less threatening than, than the, the other flu, at least to, to children. And then I'm like, Oh my God, like, like, but I don't want to be the conspiracy nut that just hears that and then thinks that there's nothing there because I'm very in the middle of it. I don't know. So I think it's intention because I know that like people will talk about, they'll say, well, you know, we, we can show that masks don't always work. And, you know, okay, fine. There's nothing's a hundred percent. I get it. I don't believe for one second that the mask issue or people being afraid of getting the, uh, the vaccine, most people anyway, it has nothing to do with the numbers. It has nothing to do with whether they feel the vaccine is safe for the most part. I think there are exceptions to that. And it has nothing to do with whether or not masks are, um, do help. It has everything to do with politics. I guarantee you, 
if Donald Trump would have come out and said, I encourage everyone to get vaccinated and wear a mask, all of those people would be wearing masks and be vaccinated. And I'm, t- and I'm tired of having conversations with people I know up here that will sit there and be like, well, we don't know this and we don't know that. You would not even begin to bring this up if you were not a Trump supporter, if you were not a conservative. It, that, that's just how I see it. And, you know, and to, to sit here and, 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 we, and to play along, we have to play along. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we, we, you know, we, maybe you're right. Maybe it does this. Okay, fine. We can have that conversation, but just be fucking honest. You know, you got a fucking fuck Biden sticker on your car, pictures of guns on your car, you know, Trump 2024 <laughs> sticker in your car. Don't fucking tell me it's about anything else because it's not. And you know, it's not. And yeah. I really, and, and it's very hard again in libertarian circles because there are libertarians who are so, um, are, are so hostile towards anything that, that, uh, that is embraced by the left because the left has really embraced vaccinations and masks, um, that the immediate response is, well, you don't know. You don't, you don't know about the data. I saw this number, 000.08, only people died. Fuck it, whatever, dude. What? This, guy, this guy down in Texas couldn't get, he had, a heart, he had heart issues. They couldn't get him to a bed, he died. Why couldn't you get a bed? Because all the fucking beds are filled with people who have COVID. So yeah. whatever the fuck you want to say, but the bottom line is that the precautionary principle is really what we should be embracing here. Just do shit that will help keep people safe. Right. You know, wearing a mask, again, I mean, I've seen people talk about, well, it's not for the kids and it's hurting them. It's not fucking hurting them. My kids never complain about wearing a mask. I don't like the fact that they have to wear a mask. I think it sucks. I think it's probably going to affect them a bit, you know, when they're in class. Maybe they can't hear things properly. But I'm, I'm still okay with them wearing a mask if that means that it keeps them from getting COVID. And by the way, one of my kids has, has uh, you know, um, lung issues. So if he gets it, he's kind of fucked, you know? Like he already has bad lung issue, like uh, not asthma, but he's got like this other um, respiratory issue. So like, if he gets it, it's going to be really bad. So I don't care about your fucking politics. You know, I don't care about you saying, oh, well, it's a violation of my rights. Fuck that. My kid has a right to live and my kid has a right to be in an environment where he's safe. And if that means that your kid has to wear a mask, so be it. If you don't like it, take him to a fucking private school where you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. What, what do you think and about this? Every libertarian listening to this right now is going to tell me I'm an asshole. <laughs> and then I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's two different extremes. When, when it, the problem is we're looking at a sea of sheeps and then um, even the people who claim they're not sheeps, they're just sheep lions. They're still sheeps <laughs> pretending to be lions. You right. either just have like cowardly sheeps or stupid bold sheeps. <laughs> um, and, and they both are because I, I, the same thing that I agree with you on very much so about the Trump side of things and the MAGA people and all that. And you bring up a great point about if, if Trump was to come out and say X, Y, Z, it would totally change people's minds or it would make them question things a bit more. 
obviously and and why just because he said it like come on that's the that's the weight you give to this person yeah the the, politi- the politicized nature of it but then again i see so much of it on the opposite side of it where it's you have people who basically want to say you're a rapist murderer if you decide <laughs> to do anything without a mask on right or, or whatever and and i it, it causes such evenly opposite extreme counterpoints so you have people Mm. what's that how many many democrats and liberals are coming out uh in defiance of what's happening in afghanistan now so going to buy saying hey biden fucked up i haven't seen any right how is it not clear that this was a massive fuck up you know you're right man and and we always come back to the same thing it's like well you know both sides are doing this and it's so frustrating. And, I, and I'm not going to lie. I find that I'm a little less um, tolerant of Republicans because I find that, in my opinion, most of the stands they, stances they take tend to be more hostile and they tend to be, um, uh, I, I, I think, less honorable. I think liberals have a tendency to be like, okay, there's COVID. Everyone needs to stay in their house for the next three years. Fuck the economy. Well, that's fucking stupid. I mean, that's right. just, that's like fucking third grade shit right there. But then I got the people on the right saying, I don't fucking care if people die. That's just how it is, man. You know, I don't have a, I, my kid has a right to not wear a mask. Really? That's where we are now? Like, you don't give a fuck? Because I did, I give a fuck. I give a fuck about your kids. I don't want them to get sick. You know? Yeah. My problem is, see, I, I have so much of my Facebook social media are people that date back from my involvement in the slam poetry scene for years, the stand-up comedy scene for years. So I have like a thousand Facebook friends or 800 Facebook friends that are from the comedy community. A lot of them are very liberal. They're very sensitive to that side of things. They, they, uh, they use... They, they don't mind using their social media as a platform to voice all of their opinions. They're very venomous, some of them. So I am sensitive to that side of it only because I have more of that. I don't have as many Facebook friends that, or if the, the, the Trump-related people that I get on there, I just dismiss as being stupid, where I see intelligent friends getting caught up it, it always, bo- I, don't, I don't really know what to do with people that I think are dumb, not understanding things. But when right. people are just like being um, overly sensitive and they're extremely intelligent, that's when I'm like, oh my God, you're driving me crazy. Why are you thinking like this? Like, you're so cool. You're so smart. You're so blah, blah, blah. And that's the tough guy of me. That's like the fighter, the whatever in me, where I just see that like almost uh, that, that, just like a a wimpy sort of uh, attitude towards it's such an extreme version of that that triggers me and i see so much of it because of my facebook now in contrast if i didn't look on facebook i would probably be extremely like you i would be very triggered by all of the trump related bullshit i'm around and actually as a matter of fact on saturdays sometimes when i don't have jujitsu events i've been training at a gym in in delta pennsylvania if you're familiar and it's it, the conversations i hear in there make <laughs> me i understand why people were so scared of maga and i get yeah. uh, it is such a cult to hear these like racist people, just this echo chamber of, of uh, propaganda and everything. Oh, the, 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 
I, I don't even want to repeat the stuff that I hear in there, but it is just this rhetoric that is, is talks in circles and it's just always the same shit. It's always somebody complaining about the blacks and this and black. It, they try to make it sound like they're not being racist. Yeah. It's like, a, I'm not racist, but I'm like, Oh, oh my okay. God. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it's crazy that that still goes on as much as it does. And these people are the loudest voices in the gym and nobody cares. Nobody stands up to it. And yeah. uh, so I, I get both sides, but the reason that I get so triggered by the ultra liberal side is because we're also, I'm sensitive to it because I've been doing jujitsu this whole time, pretty much. I took the initial time off, but once people were able to go back in and train, I was going back in and training. I have been a when in Rome sort of person with mass. I'm not going to be the only person in a sea of people doing it. Likewise, I'm not going to be the only person not wearing one. I went into a Wegmans the other day. I realized most people wearing masks in there. I immediately went back out and grabbed my mask. I didn't want to be that guy. I, I'm cool. I want to just not, I'm cool with whatever people are doing with that. So I see these people with such strong opinions. And then that triggers, it's hard not for, that's what triggers a strong reaction in me. So I have to be careful of, I don't want to wind up being the extreme Republican to the extreme Democrat or the extreme Democrat to the extreme Republican. It's like it, it inevitably that that pendulum just swings so far to these extremes. It's like the, that, that what you're playing ping pong, ping pong with like this just overreaction or, or narrow vision. It's crazy, man. Pol politics, it, it runs people's lives. It controls their views. And uh, not many people see it as both sides are, evenly and equally um extreme and that's I mean, a big scary thing it is man and you know it's it's frustrating to me because i really feel like this is an opportunity with what's going on in afghanistan for libertarians the libertarian party to come out and rationally talk to people about this and say we told you like this is what's going to happen you know and do it in a calm way without freaking people out and same with the mask. I, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, a libertarian would come out and say, no, it's not right for a governor to dictate what different school districts do. If the school district decides that they don't want to have mask mandate, that is up to the school district. But as a, because as a libertarian, you respect, you know, what the decision was made within that community. But from the top down, from a governor saying, no, you, you can't have a mass mandate in place. If you do, we're going to take your money. I, I guess as a libertarian, to me, I'm like, that's in violation of what I believe. You know, even if you think, even if you think that masks are stupid and the vaccination is, is, is a bad idea, whatever, that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. But if you truly believe in the fundamentals of libertarianism, I, I believe that you should be opposed to what Governor Abbott and, and Governor DeSantis are doing. Right. Now, what do you, what, what do you think about this? Uh, did you see all this talk about Barack Obama being at this part? This is a good example of like how everybody wants to, this is how politics work. And, and who are the only people that are going to be attacking this aggressively? It's the extreme Republicans. And then it'll be like, let's not talk about this when it comes to the, to the Democrats. But, but if this was the flip side, if this was, if this was Trump, what would be going on with the liberals? They would be, you know, 
And, and both kind of irrelevant. Like, why are we even talking about either one of them? Now, I will be a bit of an, an Obama apologist here and say that knowing who he is, I feel confident that pretty much everybody attending that party probably has been vaccinated, tested, and, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like the Trump world where they're like, fuck vaccinations, you know? Um, but yeah, you got to practice what you preach. But like at this point, when, when people, they show Trump at somewhere and they're not wearing masks, I'm like, dude, like what, that's what they do. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I almost feel like when we do that towards Trump and I hate Trump, but like when I see, uh, I think CNBC does, not CNBC, MSNBC does this a lot. They always show Trump in events without wearing a mask. They always make a comment about him. Yeah. Why is that right? He's not the president anymore. He's not, he's not in front of people saying, look at me, I'm not wearing a mask. What the fuck do you care? You know, if he wants to be at his golf club, being a cocksucker asshole and not wearing a mask, what do I care? You know? Right. Yeah. But then again, I get it because Obama's saying, look, wear a mask. And then, oh, look at his party. He's not wearing a mask. I don't know. Who fucking cares, man? People are fucking dying in Afghanistan. People are dying in this country or filling up the hospital beds because people won't wear a fucking mask. What do I care? You know what I mean? It's just, Again, I think it's uh, it's not all that shit is so dishonorable, man. Yeah, just focusing on that shit. Exactly, that's the whole thing. Is like at the end of the day, it is such a small uh, thing. Like even if he did, even if Obama did have hundreds of people gather without a mask, I mean that's what goes on at the grocery stores every day right now. You see seas of people that this is what's going on in our country. People are getting together and I get, he's having a party or whatever. Um, But it's just, it's just funny. It's just funny how that works. And then when you, when you address it and we talk about it, we're playing that game as well. We're looking at these minor issues and dissecting them and, you know, magnifying them when there are other problems of, of infinitely greater magnitude. I think that, like today, like we talk about Afghanistan, it's a massive yeah. issue. We talk Huge. about the the division in this country over mass vaccinations. I think that's a very big issue too, because it is affecting not just the, the public health of this country, but also our economy in a major way. And I think that by not wearing masks and by not taking this seriously, um, we make it worse. And then if it if it gets worse and worse, we're gonna go. We're gonna end up right back to where we were, where you know companies are gonna shut down again, businesses are gonna shut down again. It's like, it don't, don't toy with this shit, man. Again, precautionary principle. You know, when they had the fucking, um, oh, what was that? The Lollapalooza and all those people out there. I'm like, well, that's a super spreader event. Like, why the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, it totally is. I get it. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't fucking go to that shit. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I get, you have to, you have to live. I get it. You have to live and you can't hide in a bubble. Um, Maybe it's just a matter of like, at what point do we make wise choices based on really what makes sense, as opposed to what our, what the what our favorite politician says. And it sucks, man. And I, I guess it's always been like this, but it's really been getting me down this week, man. Just like there's just so I just feel like this this past week has been just so much like vitriol. It's between Afghanistan and the masks and the vaccinations, and you know you got this earthquake that happened in Haiti. You know, hundreds of people, probably thousands of people are going to end up dead after that thing. And I don't know, man. It's just some yeah. weeks, you have these weeks and you're just like, I really wish 
a fucking asteroid would just fucking barrel into earth and just fucking end it all Dude. you know it's just like it, it sounds horrible but it's just like i i get so down and i'm you know after a couple of days and i'm sure i'll be back to normal but i don't know man i'm just so i'm tired you know i'm, I'm just tired of, of people fighting about doing common sense things like wearing a mask i'm tired of us, this country acting like we don't have a problem with a two-party system and here we are two trillion dollars later 200,000 Afghans dead 2,600 American troops dead 20 years later after this fucking bullshit war and, and nothing's changed and we're right back to where we started and if someone would just take the time and be like we got we got to stop doing this and both sides are guilty a hundred percent both sides are guilty I don't know, man. Just some days you just get, some days it just kind of gets to you, you know? Yeah. It, uh, I, dude, I, I, fortunately for me, I, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. <laughs> I don't have things yeah. like that help me because it, it's, that would be a weight. That would be quite the burden right now with the, the way the things are going. Um, it makes you worry about all sorts of stuff and the future of things. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the one thing that it's nice to magnify and emphasize whenever you can is whether or not you think working out, getting a good night's sleep, eating healthy, taking certain vitamins, whatever you think is good for your immune system, getting sunlight, getting in the ocean, whatever is good for you and you believe is the best way to feel healthy, to not get sick, to whatever, do the hell out of that. Because if you believe that is the, the, the healthiest option, that alone is gonna have return. There's nothing greater than the power of belief, scientifically more proven than just the literal placebo effect. So amplified with something that actually has calcul calculable return, like working out, if you believe in that, it's gonna have an even more amplified return than just working out, believing that that's right for your immune system. So I don't care if it's breathing exercises and, and cold immersion, whatever you think is good for your immune system and to stay healthy, do it, promote it, preach it, try to help others out because the number one thing I think people could do, not that it's, an, it's, it's a replacement for vaccines and masks, they, they could be very cautious of uh, you know, the risks that come along with obesity, the risks that come along with, I don't know if sugar's linked, say, to this sort of virus or whatever, but there's so much, so many things and compromised things from eating garbage foods, our hormone levels, our stress levels. So make sure your stress levels are taken care of, you're getting adequate sleep and, and eating and exercising and doing things. All of that is so obviously so obviously effective. It's not a right. surefire, nothing surefire. Even this vaccine, people still get COVID, you know? Yeah, so, and you know what's funny? You're sitting here saying this, and you and I are talking about this, and I agree with you 100%. I have yet to see one politician come out and say, get in shape. Don't eat shitty food. Stop smoking. These are the things that are going to help you. And you know what? The government has nothing, just can't mandate what you eat or what you put in your, well, I guess they can kind of mandate what they put in your body, but they can't mandate like what you eat, you know, or how often you exercise. 
Shit, if you have to go to the grocery store, park in the back of the fucking parking lot and walk into the grocery store. If you're if you're not haven't been doing any kind of exercise and you're new to this and you want to try it, do something. Sweat a little bit. Right. Sweating. Get that shit out of your system, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some politicians have. I have not seen anybody. And when Biden came in and he was so concerned about COVID, and that's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to get these vaccinations out. You mean to tell me you're the president of the United States and you can't get a fucking fitness expert or fitness celebrity to come in and tell people, here are three things you can do this week to strengthen your immune system. And it's easy as fuck. Fucking call Arnold up, man. Everyone loves yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? Get him in there. Yeah. The, you know, people that are on the right, you know, get like Jocko or like, you know, any of these guys that kind of lean to the right, but that are fitness gurus and stuff and have them talk to people. If you're on the left, get those. I mean, make a fucking effort. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not, and, and Trump was so bad at this. And I knew, dude, I fucking knew when Biden got elected and I, and I, you know, I don't, I didn't vote for the guy. I don't think he's going to do a particularly good job, but God damn it. It's like, at least I thought he had the common sense to be like, yeah, let's do this right. Let me get some people that understand like health and wellness, you know, beyond just taking, like you said, beyond just taking the vaccine. Yes, you have, we have to talk about getting the vaccines out and wearing masks, but is it really that difficult? If you and I can figure this out, clearly someone who's been in Washington for fucking 50 years can figure this out. But I guess not. I guess that's asking too much for people to take responsibility for themselves and to get in shape and to watch what you eat. You know, and, and someone can say, well, it's easy for you, Jeff, because you, know, you eat well and, and you exercise. Yeah, I do. You think I wake up in the morning going, man, I can't wait to eat a fucking bowl of bran and fucking you know, <laughs> and go inside right. and, and run you know, or whatever. I mean, like, I look forward to it because I know I feel better, not because I'm like, there's nothing I'd rather do. I'd rather sit in front of the fucking TV all day and watch, you know, sh stupid, you know, comedies and shit like that and eat shitty food. I'd love to do that. But I know if I do it, it's not going to be good for me. And I want to be healthy, you know, and, and I know that if I'm healthy, I'm happier. And I'm going to be happier if I'm healthier. And, you know, the mind-body connection, again, it's very, very real. So it's, it's unfortunate that, um, of all the all these lawmakers we have in in Washington and and even the local level, I've yet to see a single one promote health and wellness. Not one. Mm. Well, on that note, yep. <laughs> on that fun note, um, listen, you know, it is it, it, it was a this was a hard one for me today because, like I said, I'm really bummed out about everything. You know, I've been struggling on this and um, just struggling, just kind of. I guess I deep down, I knew this was going to happen in Afghanistan and it's just to watch it happen, watch it unfold. It's really a bummer, man. And to have to deal with all these people that are trying to force school systems to not allow masks. It's just so, it's such a, a lack of, of rational thinking. And it's just so based on just absurd partisan buffoonery. Um, it's just kind of, it's been building up, building up and building up. And I just, uh, it's just been, a, it's been tough, but you know, we just got to keep fighting the good fight, man. Keep fighting the good fight. And hopefully, you know, people listen to this, you know, agree with me, disagree with me. It's all good. You know, I don't expect everyone to agree with everything I say, but let's at least make an effort to try to try to work together. Because yep. if we don't, man, if we don't start working together, we're fucked, man. We're so fucked. 
and your people's kids, you got kids at home, your kids are fucked. We got to get our shit together and we can't keep doing this. I give us five years if we don't get our shit together before everything just fucking melts down. And that's not uh, a good place to be. So on that happy note, <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody be well, be free, and God damn it, be healthy. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Bye. Bye.